three, two. Welcome to a special edition of the Whatever Face Podcast. Um, this is our community forum here, and we're just gonna have a conversation, honest conversation amongst some friends of mine about uh, things that's happening in the world right now. I wanted um, representation from a lot of different people. Um, I wanted a multicultural conversation. Um, so I asked some people if they wouldn't mind uh, coming up and they said no. They said they wouldn't mind. So we're here as a community just trying to get some, um, trying to get some conversation going. Um, I'll go through and introduce everybody in a second. Uh, but for the most part, I would like this conversation to be uh, kept in, a, in the essence of, you know, everybody can agree to disagree. We all have our opinions. We're all strong-minded in those opinions. Um, I didn't invite anybody up here to be attacked for their opinions. Um, but I really just want us to have a conversation about what's going on. Um, I'm going to do intros, and after I finish the intros, I'll come back and we can actually start the conversation. But just so people um, know who's who, uh, I'm going to start with Jamel. Would you like to introduce yourself, sir? Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Jamel Lewis. Um, I am the... Uh, Vice President of the National Action Network, Brooklyn East. Uh, I am also a pastor in my community, uh, and I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you here. Uh, he failed to mention that he's my uncle, but that's, I guess he's the that, That's the main thing. I'm, I'm your uncle. That's the main thing. Right there, my fault. My bad. <laughs> nah, you're good. Uh, Matt, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, Matt Rawls from first New Jersey. That's Southern New Jersey. If no one's familiar with it. Um, 31 years old. I work in a juice factory as a supervisor and that's about it. That's cool. Big money Floyd. You want to come on and introduce yourself. Unmute yourself. Hey everybody. My name is Floyd. Um, Currently, I work at, well, was working at Best Buy, currently in furlough. I also have a company that I started by the name of Yubora Digital. Originally, we were pretty much a startup to do Facebook ads and commercials. Um, recently, uh, because of everything that's going on, we're going to kind of switch over a bit to do education in terms of our communities, things like that. I am. I don't want to go too long, but if you want to get with me at some point after this, Corey has my information, or you can contact me. Thanks. I'm actually going to give everybody a chance to, um, at the end of the conversation, to plug anything that they want to um, to showcase, to market, people that should be looking out for. I will give space for everybody to do that at the end, whether it's um, music, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is that you want to plug at the end. We'll have some time for that. Uh, Ramirez is, 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 you guys are next. Hey, so I'm Luis Ramirez, and this is my wife, Alejandra Sotomayor. Um, I'm currently a John Jay student, um, and I work at the DOE. Um, 
introduce yourself. Hey guys, I'm Alejandra, and uh, I was born and raised in New York City in Washington Heights, Dyke specifically, and uh, I'm an accountant, and that's pretty much it. Thank you guys for coming on. I appreciate you both. Um, and Christina, you want to come off mute and introduce yourself? Hey, my name is Christina. Um, I'm friends with Ale and Lewis. Um, I work in um, investigational drug service at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, and I'm from New York. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. That's it. <laughs> Glad to have you guys. Um, so what what we're gonna do is gonna be pretty much. I'm gonna pose the question. Let everybody have a chance to answer. Um, we can do one on one. This how you guys introduce yourself. I guess that's how we can go in terms of the answers to the questions. I will say, if you want to ask someone a direct question to something they say, we're gonna limit those conversations to two minutes back and forth. But when you're having your initial answer. You have as long as you like to go, but if you're if you're responding to somebody else, there's going to be a two limit time frame between uh, that discussion with the person. So let's say uh, Floyd has something to say to Alejandro or Christina, or he has a question for Matt or for Jamel or for myself. Um, we're going to limit the back and forth uh, to two minutes each person. So if no one else has anything, we'll move on. If someone else has a question, almost like to tie on, but um. We'll try to cap it so that the, the whole conversation doesn't get caught up in one individual. Sounds good? Great. So um, you all are here uh, because I, of the circumstances that are going on as well um, over the past two weeks with uh, multiple deaths um, from police brutality, um, and even from civilians, if you look at Ahmaud Arbery, if you look at Donald Taylor, if you look at George Floyd, uh, it seems to be an ongoing list of uh, people who are dying at the hands of police. Um, I wanted to open up and ask everybody, one, how is your mental space right now with everything that's happening? Um, and what are you your just raw emotions about what's happening. So two things, your mental space, how are you doing mentally right now, and what is your overall feeling about what's going on right now? Uh, Mel, do you want to come off? You can start us off. Well, uh, uh, my mental capacity right now is, uh, uh, I can say that I'm, I'm a little tired. A little tired. Uh, this the past two weeks has been a little bit exhausting. Uh, constantly dealing with all of the uh, negativity that you know people have been uh, basically engaging in with each other, uh, and also tired because just physically, you know, doing all the work, running back and forth, and 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 posting and and constantly looking for stories to help uh, push the cause, you know, it, it, it really allows you to see how much has been going on. And, and it kind of blows your mind when you sit back and go like, dang, all of this is happening? Like in today's time? 
So it, it, it's been a little exhausting, you know, um, uh, but I will say that um, on another hand that it's been, it's been uplifting to see so many people coming together. Um, so that's been my mental state. Um, the other question was, how you feeling about? I think you tied both of them together because it was how how are you feeling about everything that's going on. So you said tired in terms of the mental stuff, tired and exhausting. But you also said um, you were happy to see people coming together in terms of uh, everything else. But yeah, the mental space was the one question, and just yeah. how are you feeling about everything that's happening. And and, and the last part about I'll, I'll add on to the last part is um. I feel like uh, if we stay consistent, that's that's where we are now. It's just about consistency now because we've got the whole world behind us. But if we just stay consistent in, in pushing uh, the cause, pushing the agenda of the people, um, then I think we can see great change. All right. Um, Matt? You come off your mental space and uh, your thoughts on what's happening. Uh, mental state, uh, like Jamel, uh, very tired. Uh, a lot of efforts going into uh, researching, enlightening myself. Um, pretty much just like everyone else, trying to find out as much information as possible on every single situation that is coming about. Um, it's, it's difficult times for everybody, I would say. Um, and what was the second question? I'm trying to keep up with it all. No, no, you're, you're doing good. Um, just, uh, how are you feeling about what's happening right now? The state of, uh, the country with, uh, the pandemic, with everything else that's happening. Just how are you feeling about the state of the country right now? Uh, the state of the country... I'll say in, in my 31 years, I've never seen us come together like this before um, as a whole. I think we're, we're, we're starting to, to make the right progress that we need to be making. Cool. Um, Floyd, come on. How are you feeling? Mental state and what's happening right now? Uh, mental space, to be honest, um, I'm pretty much really heart just based on the fact that you know another life is lost true to circumstances that we've seen over and over again and I'm also a bit enlightened by the fact that there's a lack of information that you know you kind of think that we're in 2020 and everybody understands why things are happening and then you have conversations and you realize people have no idea what's really built up to this moment, why it's so important and exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. And um, at this point, I'm just trying to find like, you know, people that I could actually work with and to get the information out and bridge the gap. So hopefully we could, you know, make, make this moment, as Jamal said, to you know, really push forward, especially with the consistency, because, you know, we have a tendency of falling off. And, you know, making this, making this into something, something that really impacts a change in our future. Thank you for that. Um, 
Alejandro and Lewis and Christina, I'm going to ask you guys, I'm going to sort of kind of remix the question, but it's going to be along the same line. Um, Ali, I'm going to start with you. Uh, coming from Dykeman and things like that, how are you feeling about what's happening uh, in the world, but also more specifically on Dyke, in the Dykeman area, Dykeman community? Hey guys, um, what's happening in the world, I feel like the first thing was with the coronavirus situation and I think that mentally drained us all and uh, with everything else being thrown, I feel like it's just, it's getting to be like a lot, like too soon and I'm honestly shocked that uh, the nation didn't come together before to kind of make this movement. But then I'm kind of not, not shocked at the same time because I feel like because of the virus and us being home and having, you know, a lot of us don't have work or they're, you know, we're home. We have absolutely nothing to do. We have no way to go out. And then you have all this focus and your time and energy. And, and now you're kind of like working together and, and people are, having time to research and having time to have these conversations and you know it's kind of working out in a way but it's also kind of like why didn't this happen sooner because it's been like the same story but a different person and it's it's across the nation and you know that's that's my take on that i feel like the dykeman thing is a little bit more lengthy um so i i kind of saw what happened with the video clip and then i also joined the interview that they had with uh i think he's called dj flip mm -hmm. and he interviewed the three uh organizers um i don't know if you guys saw the clip or you're familiar with what i'm talking about queen's yeah he, he uh he did an interview with the, with three guys that were from the neighborhood, and um, they addressed the situation. So in the beginning, like I think the day of, they had a community meeting, and a lot of the different blocks got together, like post, artists, dayer, um, and they kind of just had a tip that people were coming to riot at, in the neighborhood. So they all got together, and they were just making sure, like, if you see somebody that's not from there, you know, just ask them where they're from and, you know, let's take it from there. And then the stores kind of like closed everything. And, you know, I thought that was great. I was like, that's good. You know, they're not fighting against each other like they usually do because, you know, the one block has beef with the other block and that's the trend. But this time they kind of came together and it was, you know, really good to see that. And then the video happens. <laughs> so... I was shocked at the way that they handled it. There was these couple kids that were just walking by and I guess because it was dark and nobody saw them or knew who they were, they kind of just ran them off. They chased them down and they ran. And then um, on the clip, there's a girl that says, oh, you know, chill, 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 or whatever. But like, I feel that they should have had these conversations with each other, like how to handle it if someone is around and, and be responsible because 
the three guys that talk, they're, they're adults, you know? Mm. And then the kids are following what the adults in the community are kind of leading with. So I was disappointed with that. Um, I kind of knew some of the guys in the clip. So I was just kind of like, they have to be more responsible. You have to be careful with what you say. You have to be very mindful and in what you're, you're, you're putting out there, especially right now, and especially as a Hispanic and Latino person. Like, we have to be more responsible. And your intentions matter. And I feel like their, their intention was supposed to be to protect the neighborhood. Yeah. And what occurred in that situation just seemed like it, it wasn't it wasn't right. And it was just kind of like what you're fighting against. Like you're telling people right. don't do this, but then you do it. Yeah, the irony of it all. So I'm glad that they apologized and they, they, they uh, found the kids that were, that were chased and they had a, a thing with that too. But like you have to do better. You have to make sure like this is why this is hap this is happening. So like, um, and and you know it it sucks, but it's like you have to teach better. Like these are kids; they're not adults. You know, they're teenagers, and, and they don't think like us, and they're not mature enough to to know that you can't chase somebody down like that. Yeah, I. I I didn't want to single you guys out um, for that specific reason, but because you said you were from Dayton. And I grew up with multicultural friends my whole life. Uh, my older brother, Mike, used to live on Dayton. My, one of my best friends used to live on Dayton. So I'm very familiar with the area. Very, I, I'm around there all the time. Um, and me having a group of friends where you'll see Indian people in my circle. You'll see Spanish people in my circle. You'll see white people in my circle. You'll see black people in my circle. You'll see um, Asian people in my circle. And I was only asking that because when when that story originally broke, it kind of hurt me a little bit. Not so much. Um, I got, like Lewis said, the intent was to protect the neighborhood. Because if you look at the uh, the previous neighborhoods, they were in Fordham, they were in uh, other areas of the Bronx where their shopping centers wind up and down. Dykeman's more so like restaurant and mom and pop shop. So I understand you coming together as a community, which is amazing. You coming together as a community and saying, this is not going to happen here. Only places that could have been thought out a little bit more is like you said, I wish it was a conversation before that video came, right? Like, so you see guys, everybody was on 10 because places were looted that weren't originally, um, not originally planned, but places were looted and people started to get defensive about their neighborhood. And I just wish the gentlemen, um, because they showed maturity and coming together beforehand to say, we're gonna police the area. If they had that same level of maturity in dealing with the situation, I think it would have still, I, I saw the, you know, the apology and things like that, but I think if people would have saw, we handled this responsibly. We had a good intent, which is to protect the neighborhood, but also we don't want the media to portray it as if it's now turning into black Hispanic or this, that, because that was some other things that came out from that Dykeman video was, Oh, well, you now have uh, people that were Dominican saying that they don't like uh, being referred to as black. Like, and some stuff like that, you just, you got to take with a grain of salt because people will take whatever story 
and sensationalize it so that it, you know, puts puts us against each other. And that's right. Not the whole thing, what everybody's been saying so far on this call, is that they love how people are coming together. And that was just one instance where we could have shown so much growth if we would have handled it different from the start. Like, I get it. We're, we're, we're protecting our neighborhood. That should have been conversation, you know, between whoever the three gentlemen were who organized, I'm going to say the neighborhood covering. That should have been, yo, y'all from around here? Like, because people respond to stuff like that. You know when you're in a neighborhood that you, quote, unquote, have to check in because you don't know anybody around or people may not know you. So I just think that that one aspect of it could have been handled a little bit better, but I'm glad um, just like they were grown enough to come together as a community beforehand, they were grown enough to uh, fix the, address the situation after the fact. So um, I do appreciate you guys. We're gonna come back to some more stuff. Uh, Christina, what is your bit through space? If you wanna chime in on the same thing, or if you wanna go a different round about just what's happening all together, um, I'm more than happy to hear what you got. Mental space first. How are you doing mentally? Um, I'm going to say some days I feel absolutely exhausted mentally just dealing with COVID and then um, George Floyd's death and a few other young black people that were murdered at the hands of the police. That's become a lot and um, dealing with don't agree with um, the very hopeful because uh, as I go on my timeline, I see these countries coming together, people of color, and it put the United States to shame that all these other countries can see like, hey, you guys, we, we support you. And this, pro <laughs> this issue is like, just, I don't know, this is like, it's terrible, you know? So I just, some days I'm good, some days I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> Like I, I, I just can't believe we're we're having to deal with this in 2020. Yeah. You know? So yeah. One of the things um, in having this conversation, I will. Before I go any further, I would like to thank my wife, who gave me the idea to have this open forum because I originally just wanted to do um, one or two guests, and she said you should probably open up and have people come up and speak because um, just like it's weighing heavy on you, it's weighing heavy on everybody. And you should, you should extend that invitation for people to come up and say how they feel. Um, so I wanted to take a little intermission for that and to keep a happy home. Uh, I wanted to give that uh, formal thank you to her for the idea. Um, but before we go into the next question, is everybody cool? Anybody have any questions for anybody else? Everybody's good. Great. Um, I'm going to go into a couple things as to why each individual person 
uh, was sort of kind of brought up here just so we can have broaden this conversation outside of uh, mental space and how we're feeling. Um, Floyd, correct me if I'm wrong, please. Are you in, I'm going to say a mixed marriage? Um, it would be considered that. My wife is Dominican, mm -hmm. but I mean, I don't necessarily consider it a mixed marriage. Or, mm -hmm. I feel like at, at the core, we're the same. It's just that she speaks a different language. Do you have any? I know how it, I know what, you know, society says, but mm -hmm. that's my look on it. Yeah, I, and the only reason why I ask that is because I've taking all assumptions out of this conversation and bring like bring it straight down everybody's street in terms of facts and what is. So to right. Right. Out, um do you guys have any kids? Um no not not as yet. No. Okay. Only reason I'm asking that is because I wanted to get your opinion um on how this conversation is shaped with your kids. Right. Right. It's different from let's say Lewis and Alejandra having a conversation with their kids is different from anybody else um, because of the parent. But like you said, it's not mixed, you know, she just speaks a different language. And I just want to know, you don't have a child yet, but how do you start that conversation with everything that's happening now? Like, where, where do you even go with that conversation for uh, your future child, niece, nephew, uh, somebody you may mentor, like how do you start that conversation? I mean, and like I said, when we had just started, the realization that there's so much information-wise that's lacking, and that's something that, like I said, yes, I feel like we're the same as just as she speaks Spanish, but if you happen to speak to some of um, people from, you know, as we would say to Latinos or whatever, that we would figure that they are so much closer to us and would understand exactly what's going on. Um, but even for her, she's had some heartbreaking experiences just talking to people and realizing that that's not the case. Like, like we really have a divide that people seriously don't understand what exactly led to all this and we do have the perception that you know there's a bunch of black folks out here just acting crazy because one man has died or well i mean the aubrey thing was pretty recent but nobody's really looking back across the years all the abuse it's not only the deaths there's the the societal holdbacks the the like I was saying to her the other day, people don't even understand. Like I get up and I go out to work and I come back. And even in the instance of getting out of the house and just walking to the car and driving to work, I may have the instance of being stopped by a police officer. And that is always a feel of, is this it? You know what I'm saying? Like you're never really sure when you have these interactions how it's going to end and unfortunately we've seen exactly how that ended for somebody for what should have been as we were told just a routine you know maybe a little incident and you know you're thinking that this brother's just going to talk to the cops and be like you know this is what really happened or they did an investigation and 
but this is not how it ends. Somebody's actually lost their life. A family member is gone, you know what I'm saying? So I think, um, especially in terms of education, there's a lot to be done. I think, yes, definitely, it's going to start with a younger generation. As we all have to remember, kids aren't born with these prejudices. They're not born unequal. So at the end of the day, it's up to us to really change the narrative, have these conversations, let our kids know that, you know, every life indeed is valuable. Everybody has a purpose. And everybody is, has the right to, you know, do what they need to do without having the sense of being scared just to put food on the table, just to walk outside, just to take a walk in the park, you know what I'm saying? It's, it, it's, it's so crazy. Anybody got anything for Floyd? I'll, I'll do it like that. Anybody got anything for Floyd and what he said? The uh, question I want to add on to what he said or uh, expound on anything that he said. Yeah, um, how, how do you feel about that video? Um, I mean, all of us are frustrated with it, but if you can go a little bit more in depth on the situation with the lady in the park. Yeah, um, like I said, well, to be honest, that's kind of like the issue that my wife had. Like, she saw the video even before I did. And because she's Dominican, it kind of left a thing with her that realistically, that's a household. So to her, I'm her husband, but it could have been me out there, you know what I'm saying? And when you have these realizations, it's, it's just gut-wrenching that in 2020, these are the situations that's happening because of basic lack of knowledge, the understanding that, you know, not everybody is what the media pushes out that we are. And I mean, just on a side note, I'm, I'm really grateful to you, Corey, for having a voice. I know it's like what six, seven of us in here, but I think this exacts change because at the end of the day, it's actually given us a place where we could be us, be represented as we are, each in our individual spectrums. I know there's different races in here, which is even better, but we get to see the sides of each other and have an actual discussion, things that haven't had, things that we haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. And I'm real grateful that you put this together. And I think this could be the beginning of something good as even as we get off of here individually, you know, it's gonna leave a mark. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, man. Um I think um I think this is really showing us how things have really come to a point. <laughs> Things have come to a point where we re we can realize how society has kind of dumbed us down with conveniences and comforts. Um, it's it's like the more things that we get wrapped up into, whether it be our, our video games or whether it be uh, uh, sports or whether it be um, uh, 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 television programs, we are constantly 
caught up in comforts and conveniences, iPhones and, and all of this stuff. So we never really get to explore the issues. And anytime a real issue comes out, it seems like another comfort comes out with it to keep us dumbed down. I was watching how this whole COVID thing was going. And in the midst of COVID, they were still releasing Jordans. I was like, how, how does that even happen? You know, and how things go. It's like every time there's a place where our voices need to be heard and spoken up, there's some type of new comfort. There's some type of new convenience. There's something that's to kind of distract us from what is really going on. And in, in turn, with the distraction, what we end up getting is we don't, we, don't, we don't really have the chance to communicate with each other because we're so caught up in, oh, I got to get this. Oh, you saw the, saw, the new, saw the new Jordans. Oh, you saw the Nikes. Oh, uh, and, and we get so caught up in that stuff. And then it's like, but do you, do you know that there, there are undertones of, of racial conflict going on? Do you understand that there are undertones of gender bias going on? Do you understand that there are so many different there are so many different undertones that are happening each and every day around us in, in, in our nation that they have to keep us dumb in order to keep that system running. You know what I'm saying? And when I say they, I'm talking about this, this government establishment. There, there, there are things that happen within this government that, that totally need restructuring, that totally need uh, uh, um, some of the stuff just need to be gutted all the way. You know, um, I'll give you an example. In Minneapolis, they literally have a law that they just took down, I think the day before yesterday, that said it was okay to lynch men, black men, J just two days ago. So I'm like, there's so much, there's so much going on and we get distracted from really getting to really know our neighbors, you know what I'm saying? Really, really know each other, knowing ourselves. We get distracted from just knowing ourselves. We don't look into our own history and see where we all come from and how basically that, yo, at the end of the day, you know, the only thing that separates us is where a boat dropped us off. So it's like, we, 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 I, it, it's just my heart, it's in my heart to really, allow us to see like, yo, if, if we can just lay up off of the conveniences and the comforts a little bit, we'll be, we'll begin to really be able to see everyone's perspective and, and just really begin to listen to people, listen to how they feel, listen to what they're saying, and then ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions because it's the only way that we get to know each other. Uh, I'll say this and I'll finish. Um, it was a TV show that was uh, probably in like the, early 70s, and um, and I was watching it in the 80s. It was called uh, 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 All in the Family. And Archie Bunker was, that was, that was just, he was just a funny, funny, funny white man to me. And then you had on the other side, you had George Jefferson, who was just a funny, funny black man. And the power of the show was that these two men who had who literally came out of a generation of racism were learning how to overcome their biases, their racist thoughts, and live together. And 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 even though even though George didn't get always always get it right, even though uh, uh, Archie didn't get it always right, what they did 
is that they would they they because they live in the same neighborhood, they made sure that hey, we gonna have to get on the same page one way or the other. I have this racial this this is my racial bias. I don't know how to get over it. Give me your perspective. How how do I work my way through this? And and when we really have those honest conversations, then we can really see real progress at at, at the grassroots level, at the grassroots level. So I'll leave it there. You organ player, not me, but I feel like I should be backing you up right now. <laughs> Anybody got something for uh, what he just said? Any questions, comments, tag along? Uh, by all means, we're all, we're all here to talk to each other. So if you have something, come off mute and say it. Because um, I don't want to take over the conversation myself, but I do want to add on at the end. But if you have something to say directly to him, by all means, come off mute and ask him or say it. If, if not, uh, I think the point that you made and that Ali made, um, which is to me at the root and core of all this, and Floyd mentioned this as well, is that these aren't one-off instances. Ali kind of took my uh, direction when she said, like, COVID has us in the house. So before, we'll be convenience and, um, con uh, like you said, the hustle and bustle of going to work. Oh, this came out. You're not paying attention to it because you're constantly, Alejandro brought the fact, this COVID thing has had everybody in the house. You have no choice. If you were ignoring it before, or if you thought it's not happening in my neighborhood, I don't have to, um, I don't have to, be aware or alert or even educated about it at this sense. It's not happening around me. It's not happening to a family or friend. Like you could easily see something come on the news and go on about your day. Oh, so-and-so? Oh, okay. So-and-so? Oh, I'm working. That's crazy. But now you're literally at home. Everything is shut down. Something like uh, Ahmaud Arbery comes on and you have to pay attention. Because you can't use the excuse of, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm out hustling and bustling. I'm, I'm on the move. That's New York. We're doing this constantly. Now you have to sit down and watch what's happening. Now you have to have conversations like these that get uncomfortable because now people are saying, oh, wait a minute. I may have been wrong about this thing before only because I didn't have the time to pay attention to it. Now... It's amazing. There's no sports. There's there's no stores open. Things are um, kind of you, you come and you go. But because there's no outside distractions, now everything is front and center, Main Street, high noon, as they used to say in the the, the Western, when everybody when everybody should be doing something. Now your attention is directed here. Then when something else happens, it's not oh well. That was only um, a couple months ago. You should probably get over it. Um, the comedian Che has a, a stand-up where he's talking about that, where they want African-Americans, when they say Black Lives Matter, it's like, we just, we just want to matter. Like, you're not asking to be higher than nobody else. You just, just want to matter. He has a, a stand-up where he says they want us to forget, like, flavor. oh, it was such a long time ago. We should get over that. 
something else happened. Oh, that was a couple of months ago. We should go over that. But 9-11, never forget. And it's that, it's that taking the time now to say, no, uh, I, I posted this on both Instagram and Twitter. I just want to read it just so like we have it for reference here. We said Black Lives Matter. Never said only Black Lives Matter. We know all lives matter. We just need your help with Black Lives Matter. For Black lives are in danger. Anybody want to speak to that point? Go ahead, Matt, come on. All right. Um, to come off of uh, what Jamel said, um, it is important for us to ask those difficult questions. And it, it is time that we're able to ask those questions. Uh, I think it's long overdue and it's, it's sad that it's taken this long for us to be able to, to feel comfortable asking the questions. It should never have taken this long. Um, and it's sad that so many events had to happen for people to understand that. Um, me being a white male, middle age, um, it, it's tough for me personally to ask certain questions because of how it will be perceived or how the question will be uh, accepted because we know how quick uh, the society can be with trying to either twist your words or not seeing where you're coming from when you're as or asking that question. Um, I think if they're coming from a, a, a genuine spot, then there shouldn't be harm in asking the questions. Um, and I feel a lot of white people feel that way that we can't ask a black man, a Spanish man, certain questions because of being white, because of what is perceived as they, they probably mean something different than what they're saying. Um, and to go off of your uh, last part of your statement there mm -hmm. that I liked, um, with the, the Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter, uh, I completely agree with both. Black lives do matter, all lives do matter. And it's time for us all to understand that, that it's not a big thing on race. It's about being human beings and being a good person. Is there pieces of crap in every single race? Yes. That's just how it is. There's good and there's evil. And it's tough for us to not see the color and try to apply that almost. Mm -hmm. But it should never come to that. And people should be looked at as individuals, as the person they are, and not be labeled by a certain thing. Uh, so for uh, the Black Lives, all Black Lives Matter, every life matter, and it's Black Lives that do need our attention right now. And everybody should be going towards them and helping them and helping the whole country as a whole get through this and gain understanding from it. And 
it, it's, it's so far overdue that it needs to be that way. You said um, sometimes it's difficult asking those hard questions. Um, if you don't feel it by now, I feel like you're in a room where asking those type of questions, we would feel like we missed the mark if we didn't let the conversations we had when we had those conversations where we all could have input and answers. Because it's not, you're not asking to, uh, have a, 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 high, uh, a higher up, but you're, you're literally asking for the understanding to educate yourself. To Absolutely. For its progression. So if you have one of those questions and keeping that in mind, you got people of all races there that we can come together and not attack you, but answer the question because it may, it may be a question that you ask that can help everybody at the end of the day. So Absolutely. If it's something that you got that you want to ask, by all means, you got the platform to ask. All right, I'll I'll go for it. I mean, it's it's uncomfortable, um, and I believe it's 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 one of those questions that, coming from a white person, it's always been a difficult question. It's a difficult topic to talk about because of again, it coming from a white man, yeah. and it's just the way this world is that it can be tough that time to ask it, and. When it comes to Black Lives Matter, I'm I'm completely with it. I'm completely with it. Mm -hmm. My question is, um, especially with Black Lives Matters, I see all of our social leaders, even political leaders, uh, made posts recently. Twitter, social media, all that. Every single platform. And and not once did they address David Dorn, who was shot and killed, who was a black police officer. Mm -hmm. And is it just Black Lives Matter or is it all Black Lives Matter? Because it's, it's from what they show on social media and to the media is they they're really only standing towards certain subjects mm -hmm. and they're not including everything because of their negligence to shine light on him also. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we all, we all join together with black lives matter. And is it all the time or is it part time? And I think it's tough for some people to jump behind it, even myself. I, I've been recently when I'm trying to gain my understanding and stuff like that and do my research, I don't see this hashtag Black Lives Matter always pop up. And that's in Chicago with all the killings. Mm -hmm. It's with uh, Flint, Michigan, with I can't even count how many days that they've haven't had clean water mm -hmm. and it seems everybody will jump on the black lives matter uh hashtag bandwagon when police brutality pops up but when all these other matters that are affecting the black community come up it, it's not the same response 
I think what happens is in cases like this, um, when when you reckon the hot button topic is police brutality. So it's the fact that it's not that that's not important. It's that we have been beaten and, and shot and killed by police for so long. And Will Smith said something. He said, this, this, this isn't anything new. This is just being recorded now. You know what I'm saying? It's been so long that it's been like this that it overwhelms that. It takes precedence over that. And not saying that that uh, uh, Officer Dorn's life was not as important, because it definitely was. But that is something that we as Black people have to deal with within our own race now, because that was a Black-on-Black crime. But right now, what we're dealing with is the police brutality that has been enacted on us has been so crazy. And the cover-ups have been so massive, not just not just here in New York, not just here in this country, but around the world. The cover-ups have been so massive. When you have a whole police department that comes under investigation of the of of, of the federal government because the whole department is corrupt, it, it's something that has to be addressed. And and I do believe that the, the conversation about um, retired officer Dorn must be had. But again, that's 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 a we that's where black people have to come together and say now we need to talk about now we need to have this conversation about black on black crime. I need to talk to if I had a son, it would come here, son, let me talk to you about black on black crime while you shouldn't be out in these streets doing such and such and such. You know what I'm saying? Because just like there's black on black crime, there's white on white crime. You know what I'm saying? And there there are crimes that are specific to your race that y'all y'all have to have. And the, and the same can be said for, for the Latino race. It, 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 it's, there are certain things, if you look through the psychology reports, there are certain crimes that are more uh, geared towards each race for whatever reason. And so bottom line, you know, because this has become such a big hot button topic, this has taken the forefront because not only has this affected Blacks, but this has affected Everybody, I'm watching men who are 75 getting pushed down by officers, cracking their skulls and leaving. Men who are homeless and in wheelchairs, white men getting shot in the face with rubber bullets. I'm watching. I'm watching how black black women are being kicked, kicked while they're kneeling, and another officer has to run away and push you away because you're kicking a black woman on her knees. I'm watching. It. This is, in fact, I hate to say it, but. This isn't really a, a, a racial thing. This is a police brutality thing that we're fighting right now. Because police brutality is going all over. And we have black cops doing it to black people. We have white cops doing it to white people. It, it's, it's, it, there is a major issue between the police departments of our country and worldwide and, and, and people who are within the regular township. There's a major major situation going on so yes that needs to be addressed and it will be addressed it will be addressed and and you know sometimes things just get lost in the sauce when you're dealing with such a huge topic i i before lewis i got you because you can chime right after this i did reach out to um 
several police officers that I know that I wanted to have be a part of this conversation, and also uh, military members that I know that I wanted to be, uh, be a part of this conversation. Unfortunately, uh, scheduling conflicts wouldn't allow them to come up here and have that conversation, but I think it's one that needs to be had with law enforcement present because we can speak, um, we can speak about it and what needs to change ourselves, but if we don't have somebody who's in that position that can uh, counter a point or talk against or whatever the case may be, it's us having a conversation again with a person that needs to hear it, not here, right? Yeah, really. Um, yeah, I just wanted to address the situation with, um, with the narrative on black on black crime versus white on white crime. Myself looking in on that, I have a hard time accepting those terms, you know, because when you look into any neighborhood where there's a majority of white people, a majority of Latin people, it's going to be the case where it happens where there's many Latin people killing Latin people or so on and so forth. So I just do not like the term black on black crime because it just dismisses it's crime. That's what it is. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, to bring that up because it, it just seems like it, it's kind of deflecting away from the, the issue of there being, it's more of a deflection when you say, why aren't you discussing black on black crime? Rather than actually answering the question of, of this police brutality situation. Christina, you got anything? I don't want to forget you here. <laughs> Um, I'm just, I'm listening and I'm observing. <laughs> okay. Uh, don't observe in silence. We should be part of the conversation too. Um, but, Floyd, you got something? Or, because I was going to address it as well. You got something? I guess let me know because you muted yourself and then go off the No, no, I'm good. Um, I think uh, Brother Jamel pretty much, you know, touched the, touch along the same lines of what I was thinking on the topic. So it'd just be repetitive at this point. Um, I, one of the things that I've learned um, at my job is that in order to move forward with a conversation, you have to sort of kind of sum up what's been said so that everybody knows what's happening. So Matt, your question was about, not about Black Lives Matter not uh, being important, because you brought up Officer Dawn, who's a Black officer. Your question was more so about, um, I heard you say part-time versus full-time, joining the Black Lives Matter movement. And sure. I think that goes to what Floyd and Jamel and Alejandra uh, said it earlier was consistency. No, we're not always consistent when it comes to um, standing up for lives that have been lost. There, there is an issue with that consistency. Does it seem to be because it's a hot topic that it, people tend to jump on it quicker because it's a hot topic? Yeah. Do uh, crimes happen, as Lewis said, do crimes happen all year long from January 1st to December 31st? Yeah. Do they happen in every community? Yeah. But when it's a hot button issue like police brutality that's been going on for so long, yeah, it doesn't become, it's not a, oh, Black Lives Matter 24-7. Uh, it's Black Lives Matter now because the people are just tired of seeing the same thing happen over and over and over and over 
and over. So it may seem like to you, part-time people uh, jumping on a Black Lives Matter bandwagon, what it is is it's frustration of seeing the same occurrence. If I could, um, I, I'm, I'm big on analogies and want people to visualize something, but if, let's say um, you saw, I don't know, um, I'm going to assume you're hunting because I'm looking at your shirt. Do you like hunting? Yes. Okay. So let's, let's, let's use this. If you, if you were a, a Peter Wright's member, right, and you saw one instance of a deer being shot, would it make you more apt to say, hey, this needs to stop? Or if you see it every deer season, you're watching multiple people kill. I'm talking about if you're on the other side of the fence. If every uh, hunting season, you see multiple people coming out to their cars with deer, would, would that one deer offend you where it's a one-off? Or would the multiple instances of pe seeing people kill deer affect you more? It's, uh, it's, it's the, the more, yes. Yeah, but and, and that's exactly what's going on here is that, yeah, somebody can kill somebody over here and we may turn a blind eye to it because it's like maybe because of the neighborhood you live in, it's happenstance. It's, a, it's, a, it's an occurrence that, you know, it's almost like breathing. Okay, because I live here, I know that this type of crime happens here. All right, not that you turn a blind eye to it, but you become so accustomed to seeing it where you are, but it's like, oh, okay. But when I'm looking at something on a national scale that hasn't been addressed and seems like it keeps getting swept under the rug, that's when I think hot button comes up and people are like, oh, well, let me attach myself to it now. Because this is a, a instance, like it's not a one-off, but it's an instance where, oh, another cop? Oh, this person? Oh, that person? Lewis asked Floyd earlier about the, um, the Central Park situation, where that white woman called the cops expecting the result that happened to Ahmaud Arbery. She was expecting the results that happened to George Floyd. You heard in the tone of her voice. She called saying, oh, well, no, I'm a... Um, this is an angry black man because she was expecting, because she knows, she had conscience of mind enough to know the climate of the world right now. She could say that and police would come, no questions asked, and possibly have an outcome like George Floyd. Tamir Rice lost his life on a playground. No questions asked. Because he was playing with a gun. Cops, kept, cops got a call that there was somebody playing with a gun. They approached the scene, shot him dead on a playground. She was expecting that outcome because one person who was a bird watcher told her, you should probably leash your dog. For her, that was such an offense. Who, how dare you speak to me like this? That she threatened him by saying, I'm going to call the cops and tell them there's an angry black man attacking me, and I'm afraid for my life. She was expecting a certain outcome. Well, that didn't happen, but that's what she was expecting. So you couple that, you go, I, I can go back to Rodney King, and that, that's where my age has me. It happened to Rodney King. It happened to this person. It happened to this person. It happened to this person, where 
officer, um, the officer that you mentioned, people look at, not that it's a one-off, but people look at it like, okay, that, that, there's too many hashtags of when it happens to cops, and it's on camera. Now we're looking at, oh, it happens to an officer, all lives matter. That's, like you said, we get that point. It's the black lives that matter right now because black lives are in danger. And it's only because we're at home with COVID and we can't really go out and we don't have the distractions that it's at the forefront now and people have to pay attention to it. Um, and I'd like to say something about the Tamir Rice situation. Um, just because I, I've seen the other side of that, uh, of that rebuttal where people say, well, why, um, why was this kid playing in the park with a toy gun? Um, and when they called the cops, the person on the other side of the phone had insinuated that it might be a toy gun. So it wasn't like they were going there un unknowingly that it, it might have been a real gun. Um, so I, I think that also needs to be spoken about when we talk about Samir Rice, because a lot of people say, well, he had, he had something that looked like a gun, so he came out. But you wouldn't see cops like that react like that if he was a white kid. And I, you know, that, that's just really unfortunate when you see that happen over and over again like that. Ali, you got something? Or are you just soaking in this conversation? I see you. You got that look on your face. It's like, I'm really listening. That's what I'm looking at. No, I'm listening. Um, I'll say something later. All right. Cool. Um, Matt, are you good with that question? You got another one? Because we're, we're here to take the tough one, so. Uh, I'm, I'm good right now. We can, we can move on to someone else. All right, cool. Um, what, I, what I do want to move on to, um, and for those that may not necessarily be familiar with um, whatever face podcast and what we usually do, I'm not going to uh, bore you down with sports and all that other stuff, but I do want to address one thing. Uh, one person so to speak. We can have this discussion and we'll have like a free fall afterwards. But one person in particular, Colin Kaepernick. I think in the beginning of um, all of this, if we go back to 2016, when Kaepernick protested silently by kneeling during the national anthem, and you ask yourself, well, how did he get to kneeling? Oh, that's because he spoke to a military vet that told him that that would be showing respect, but still protesting. Like that, would, that wouldn't be a sign of disrespect, him taking a knee, right? We had that conversation and everybody changes that word, the intent of his protest. It moved from, I'm protesting police brutality. I have to do something to take a stand against police brutality. That was his thing. What shifted was now he's disrespecting the flag. And that's been the focus up until this point. The focus, the black ball, everything else has been because he disrespected this country. He disrespected this flag. Now, it seems like people are turning their view to say, oh, 
maybe Kat was right. Maybe, maybe we should have um, paid attention more. Um, I wanted people to speak out or speak out on that specific fact because that that's a that's a huge part to this climate now is that people now are backtracking. They they are backtracking the statements that they made initially 2016 and probably before George Floyd that they firm heartily believed that Cat was disrespecting the flag, that he was disrespecting the country and taking the focus off of what he initially started out to do. So anybody want to touch that? You don't have to if you don't want to, but in keeping it in the true essence of whatever case, I just had to mention that specific person, that specific thing, because it's not even parallel. It's smack dab right in the middle of what's happening right now. So anybody want to talk about that? Yeah, um, I think that they just wanted to pacify the situation um, before it, it got to where it is today. Um, by said, you know, peaceful protests, that's exactly what they've been doing since the civil rights movement. It's trying to pacify that situation. And when you have a Martin Luther King situation, um, and then it gets to the point where it becomes a Malcolm X situation. And so now, now they have to ride behind Martin Luther King because they want it to become peaceful again. Um, and, and yeah, uh, you're, you're, you're going to need a, a Malcolm X situation if you want any change in this world, but you also need a, a Martin Luther King situation. Um, and I think those two work hand in hand. Um, I think um, that the, the elite, the very rich people of this country has always been good at deflecting. And they deflect because they understand that um, this could possibly hurt my bottom line. And uh, there are numbers that they are that they seek to reach, and you know the people that blackball Colin Kaepernick were not the coaches didn't have the power to blackball him. These were the owners. These were the rich, you know. And my thing is, um, unfortunately, you know, um, I always say that racism is a child of classism. You know, um, because in, in the whole scheme of things, people really don't care about your race as long as you got the right money. Mm. You know, but when they're trying to keep you out of, when, when, when there is a system that is created to keep you out of a certain strata, out of a certain uh, uh, sphere of influence, or out of a certain uh, uh, financial place, or economic place, these are the things that happen. These are the games that they play. No, oh, he comes, he's talking about police brutality. Oh, but he's, he's doing it during, during the kneeling, during the singing of the national anthem. He's disrespecting our flag. Automatically, there's a deflection from what he's talking about to what they want to talk about. And, I mean, that's how this country has always ran. And, and if we look and see our president, our president right now is, 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 he's a master of it. He's a master of deflection. You will ask him a question. You would say, hey, is the sky blue? And he will turn around and talk about, you know what? While we're talking about the sky, I saw a nickel the other day. And, you know, this nickel was so shiny. And you're sitting there like, 
You know, just ask you about the sky. And, and, and that's how deflection, the rich, and again, he's a billionaire. The rich are masters at deflection. And they will, they will, def, they will use that and manipulate whole systems, whole situations, just to have us at each other's throats while they go on and do their corrupt business. Uh, I'll speak on it also on the Kaepernick situation. Um, I, like many others, was one of the sheep that fell. Uh, we were blinded by the fake news that they hindered our sight of what the big picture was behind his movement. Um, and they know exactly what they were doing when they deflected us to, oh, he's just disrespecting the flag because they know that that's a touchy subject. That's where they can get a kick out of us, out of America's, out of people that love the flag, love America, love the stand beside it, love the military, all that. And we have the values in that where the flag can mean so much to some people that when it comes to uh, kind of disrespecting the flag, that, yeah, they can get a kick out of people. And it can actually hinder them thinking that cap stance is for the police brutality. And it hindered people from seeing the big picture. And I made a post on Facebook about it that I had to eat the crow. I was completely wrong about Cap's stance on it. That he meant it for good. That he meant it for bringing out police brutality. And I was the one that went and went along right with social, or social media and went along with the media in general. And they wanted to deflect my attention from the big picture, which is the police brutality, and they wanted me to focus and go against them because of the quote-unquote disrespect to the flag. And they wanted to make sure that there was some kind of conflict between the two thoughts instead of us all coming together and seeing the complete reason why he's doing it, why he's having this stance. One of the things I, um, I don't want to get lost here, um, even in us talking about Cap and the flag, but one of the things I don't want to get lost is this. If you're more upset about material or uh, material, which is the cloth that the flag is made out of, and materials, which are being rooted or broken, than you are about lives being lost, that's the issue, is that you're not seeing lives are being lost. Your focus is on something that's cloth. You can get a flag anywhere, right? You can get those, those businesses that get um, looted and uh, materials are broken. They can replenish that stuff tomorrow. But if your anger and attention's more on that than it is the lives that are being lost, that is the problem. And I don't want that to get lost if this com um, out of this conversation. I want people to take that aspect from it and walk away saying, okay, maybe the light bulb is going off in some people's mind. Maybe, maybe some people hear this and they change their perspective because it's not about the materials, but the lives. 
You know, look like you're getting ready to say something. Um, <clears throat> if we really think about it, um, football is big business. Big business. It's, it's, it's huge amounts of money. But you know what else is big business? You know what else is big business? Prisons. The reason why they won't speak against police brutality is because some of them have a stake in the prison system. And if they speak against that, what they then do is they undercut themselves and they start losing money on that side. It's, it just is what it is. This, this is really a, 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 a economic thing. This is a financial thing. And, and, and when we start to see, when we start to see the type of corruption people will do over a dollar, it will blow our minds. If there's any, um, if there's any closing points, arguments, I want to hear from Christina and Alejandra. Any closing statements? Um, everybody can go, but I just want to get a closing statement from uh, everybody. Um, yeah, have at it. Yeah, I, um, I just want to add something in terms of what we're just talking about. Well, two things, really. A, of course, the deflection. We saw it early when the protesters start. We had a big focus on the looting and, you know, all the other things that were happening in the street, which kind of takes away from the actual root cause of the protest. And now that we see the protest has gone global, Here's my question. As we talk about the backtracking on the Kaepernick thing, people now are saying, well, you know what? Maybe he was right and we're having these conversations and we've seen, you know, some of these corporations, retail, whatever, saying that they want to pay their part and they want to put in the scholarships and they want to do all types of stuff. My question here is this. Are they genuinely doing that because they understand the situation or are they just doing it because unlike 2016 when we were coming up on an election and we have to admit um trump got there because he played on the public he knew how to do it and he was the popular guy at the time whether we want to admit it or not that's how he won the election his rhetoric and all the nonsense that he pushed put him to that popular spot at which point, obviously, Kaepernick is not the guy you want to side with because everything's going the other way. So everybody went the other way. So now we have a push because of everything that has happened and escalated because of George Floyd. Now it's global, and now everybody's on the Black Lives Matter bandwagon. Is it that's why now we have the backpedaling? Everybody wants to jump back to the Kaepernick side because you know, Black Lives Matter. No, that's the cool thing for this era. So that's my take on it. Uh, you were starting to say something before. Uh, I just wanted to say something that was, uh, I don't want to say it's a little off topic, but um, Kind of like going off what Matt had said, um, I feel like, you know, I'm happy that so many people 
especially white people are taking the time to kind of do their research and ask these questions. Um, and have these conversations, but I also want to say, like, it's not, and I hope this doesn't come out rude, but it's not our responsibility to teach you guys. Like, it's, you can't hit off, like, like, put that pressure on us because everybody should be doing their research before you even ask the question. So that way we're kind of, like, at least not starting from like the ground you know it's it's like a lot of my friends were like i just googled what what the big deal was between seeing all lives matter and black lives matter. like like they just googled this <laughs> so to me it was like why did it take you so long but hey i'm glad you're doing it now um keep doing your work keep doing your homework but also don't put all that pressure because a lot of um a lot of us are tired a lot of us are going through it a lot of us have other things on our plate and you know i'm so happy that all you have to do is just do the research and ask the questions and have uncomfortable conversations because nobody has ever died from that nobody has gotten killed for doing that you know so i feel like i just need Say that and then the last thing I want to say is um like all minorities have like we all have some type of discrimination issue in this country and I've seen a lot of my friends to kind of like raise their hand and be like okay what about the immigration issue what about this what about that and it's like yes that's also a problem it's clearly also a problem but right now, we need to all unite, be on the stage, on the stage focus, and back up this situation right now. And I'm sure that later, when once we see some type of change, we will get to the ICE and the immigration and all of the other to go through because there's a lot. There's a lot. And if we scatter out and not like focus on one, we're not gonna get anywhere. Like it's just it's just not gonna work yeah so. and it's kind of like to the point that Jamel was making earlier um we can't it's also a distraction just like deflecting um talking about other topics that are also relevant but aren't talking about this issue is just it's just deflecting it's also just talking it's also making it very saturated and we need to harness all of our energy and focus on one issue at a time, I feel like. And it'll trickle down. It'll help everybody at the end. Mm -hmm. So it's not it's not like a, you know, and, and let's not go against each other either. Like, I don't want it to be a, a bad black thing. Like, it should never go there. And I hope it doesn't. But, like, we need to be on the same. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I feel like it's like when to the emergency room and um, somebody's going in for a gunshot wound. Do you take care of somebody that broke their toe first? It's like you have to take care of the, 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 the issues based on the severity and then we can, you know, go down the line as Ali said, like right now there's, there's 
there's the case of like dying <laughs> and everything else we can kind of like work on together as a group. I want to uh, touch on one of the things that uh, Floyd was saying about uh, with the people backtracking and stuff like that and are they genuine when they come out and and say stuff and donate now. Um, me personally, uh, I'm genuine when I say that I was wrong with the Kaepernick situation and with all the situations that are arising because I had to come to the real, or not the realization, but I had to take the blinders off and see that this stuff is really happening. And I have one of my friends for probably 15, 16 years as a black man. And I had to send him a message while I was in tears, telling him that I'm sorry that it's taken me this long to stand up and say something because I understood that he's, he's got two kids and he's going to have to have the conversation of racism and he shouldn't have to go through that. We've been dealing with this for so long and he's going to have to have that conversation. And that hit me hard and that, that weighed heavily on me and really opened my eyes. Like it takes events to happen to open people's eyes and with everything going on recently, it really opens my eyes to every single perspective that people have. And it killed me that racism is still a thing in 2020 and that I had to have that conversation and tell him that he's the main reason why my mind or like my sight of what I was seeing had to change because he's gonna have to have that conversation with his one-year-old daughter at one time, his young, his young boy that's in middle school. He has to have that racist, that racism conversation. And it, it kills me to know that my best friend has to have that conversation. And it killed me that it took me 15, 16 years of him being considered my best friend and his family to me and my whole family as a whole it killed me to have that feeling that he's going to have to have that conversation and that we do need change. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great point to, uh, that's a great point to uh, end on. Um, normally when we get out of whatever face I ask people for a show that they're watching, um, I'm going to do that too. Just, I don't want you to think that I was setting up to tell you that I wasn't going to do that. I do want you to give me a show that you would recommend people watch, but also um, if you have anything to um, plug or just want to uh, market to everybody, I want to thank all of you guys for taking the time out to have this conversation. I genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate every um, perspective. I appreciate every viewpoint. I appreciate... Um, you not being fearful to say your opinions and share your voice. Um, couldn't ask for a better uh, collective, so to speak. It is a conversation that does have to continue, but at least we're able to get the, the ball rolling here. 
So um, we're going to go through. Everybody, you can give me one show, uh, show or movie that you would like people to watch uh, during what seems like day 967,000 of quarantine. Um, and also what you're promoting. So your show and what you're promoting. Everybody has to go. So Mel, you want to start? Oh man, um, I've been watching a number of shows, um, but uh, I think one of the shows that that stood out to me more than anything is a show um, with uh, Kiva Sutherland. He plays the president. Um, I can't remember the name. Designated Survivor. Yes, Designated Survivor, and that show is, 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 it's amazing because it really, yeah, yeah. It, it really, it really gets, it, it allows you to see how uh, some of this stuff that they do, like the show really is showing you what they do in politics, like how they run, how dirty it can be, how crazy it can get. And it's just giving you like a taste cause it's not even the whole thing. So, and um, so that's, 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 that's my show right now. And um, uh, my movement. Um, of course, I, I I said at the beginning, um, National Action Network. Um, and we are definitely in a community advocating for the community, not just black, but we're advocating for the community. Whatever your race, whatever your gender, whatever. If you feel that you need to reach out to us, then hey, we are here for you. Um, you can easily Google us and find for whichever uh, county you live in, whichever uh, region you live in, we have someone who deals with that region. Um, also, um, I'm a musician. So, you know, I'm like, hey, if there's somebody looking for piano lessons and stuff, you know, uh, you can you can always reach out to this movement right here. And um, I'll be, it would be my pleasure to show you how to play. <laughs> I'm family and uh, we'll have the dozens after this, but... <laughs> oh man, Matt. Go ahead. Um, the show I've been watching right now is the one that just came out, uh, Space Force on Netflix. Um, good comedy with Steve Carell. Also, been checking out a lot of the shows on History Channel. Never, it's never too late to brush up on them. Uh, what I'm stuck on right now is World War II and going through all those events. Uh, if there's something I can plug, it would be my friend's nonprofit organization called Urban Youth Kings and Queens. It's in Philadelphia. Um, it's helping their benefit their community uh, and the youth of that community, whether it's through sports or just other activities. Uh, I know they've been doing cleanups and stuff like that. Pretty much just getting them active in their communities. Uh, you can check them out at www.urbanyouthkq.com. It's nonprofit, so if you could ever just drop them any kind of money, $5, whatever, it, it goes towards great calls. Lloyd. Yes, sir. Um, the wife and I just been through the first season of 25 to Life. It's uh, 
ABC about a guy who was wrongfully convicted. Um, it's based on a true story, but it was put together by 50 Cent and I guess pretty much the same crew that did Power. Um, except this time it's telling based on a true story. The guy was wrongfully convicted. His name, the actual person is Isaac Wright Jr. If you want to look it up. Um, it's a pretty powerful story. Um, for me, I'm promoting my own thing. Um, I was getting into it earlier. So basically, the name of my company is Ubora, U-B-O-R-A, digital. We have the website that's being, um, being twerked, I should say, because originally, like I said, I was working, doing social media marketing for companies and such. Um, going to be using my same knowledge of that to start pushing the education and the information especially of our community because I'm not sure how you guys feel about it, but I feel like um, we're very, I don't want to say underappreciated, but the real side of our community isn't being seen. Um, we see what the media pushes out. If you want to get an idea of a story, jump on CNN. But I feel like there's a lot more within our communities that needs to be put out there, especially in a positive light. So I'm putting this out here. Um, my telephone number is 347-377-0048. Anyone that wants to contact me about anything that they may have going on that may be a, a teachable moment, something that you want to put out. Corey, if you want to get to blog, <laughs> especially while we have conversations like this and try to get the right information out, not not the narrative, not what we've been seeing for the last couple of years when it comes to media and the community that we live. Um, so it's your board, digital. We're on Instagram. It's your better digital. Um, the telephone number is there. Also, you can reach me at info at yourboarddigital.com. Thanks, guys. Ramirez, this is this. Uh, so the show I recommend is called Rami, and it's on Hulu. Um, R A M Y. Okay. I just got into it. It's really funny, and you get to learn a lot about the Muslim culture and the religion. Okay. And for me, um, I was actually going to say the same thing as Floyd. Uh, it, it would be For Life, by uh, inspired by Isaac Wright. Um, the reasoning that I'm, I'm so fascinated by it is because, like I said in the beginning, I'm going to school for criminal justice um, at John Jay. Um, and I feel like we need to be more aware about what's going on in the legal system. Um, and as well, I, I also have a father who's locked up for life, so it kind of... Uh, gives me a little bit more insight onto his perspective and what's going on in there. Anything you guys want to promote as a couple, individual? Ali, do you have your own accounting business? No, I do not. So you should, you're starting that soon? No, I'm actually doing my master's. Okay, all right. I'm going to need an accountant for whatever face when this uh, takes off, so. <laughs> uh, 
And last but not least, Dana. <laughs> um, the show that I recommend is not a new show. Um, it It's a Netflix original called Dare White People. It's about the... Um, it's about young black students in a predominantly white Ivy League school and like their experience with uh, micro microaggressions, um, cultural differences. And I, I constantly watch it. So it's something that I've watched several times over and over because it's such a good show. It's well written. I love the actors in it. It's just a great show. Anything you want to promote? I do not have anything to promote. To promote. Can I? Can I just tell you? You don't have to keep muting yourself. I want to have a conversation with you, please, please. No, um, oh, I, I do want to thank you. <laughs> I do want to thank you um, for coming on as uh, a conjunction of Ali and Lewis. And uh, any friend of theirs is a friend of mine. So this network is pretty much. Uh, I hope you felt uh, received all of you received uh, open um, and you leave with a better understanding of each other and things like that. But I do want to thank you. I do want to thank uh, Louis and Alejandra. I do want to thank Jamel. I do want to thank Floyd. And Matt, I do want to thank you as well uh, for taking your time to come up here and chat with me. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Just know that. Thank you for having me. Um, I don't know if I was prepared. I, I, Ali told, told me about the, the Zoom call like moments before we actually made it. So like, I'm just getting off of work and I'm like exhausted. Don't worry. <laughs> That's why I was a little quiet and reserved. I'm sorry. We'll blame, we'll blame Alejandro. Don't worry about it. You're off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I would I would love to be on the next call. Um, I want to, you know, I'm a little prepared, and I and I would like to. I, there's a lot that I would like to share, but I, I just I'm not right in the mental space right now. Not a problem. Follow me through Alejandra or uh, Lewis on Facebook. Um, Corey, aka Hollywood Read. I know it's long. I was in college and I created it. Get off my back. Um, but also. <laughs> Instagram, um, they follow me. None of my stuff is blocked, so you can follow me and don't have to worry about uh, me waiting to accept the request. So by all means, um, and when we plan the next one, I'll definitely reach out to you. All right, thank you. Not a problem. Um, that's all I have uh, as a staple on whatever face. What I usually say before I get out of here is that um, get your excuses ready for Monday, uh, but no one needs an excuse because COVID's been our excuse for the past however many days. Um, yeah, that's all I have. Uh, you guys be well, be safe, stay safe, um, but also uh, stay educated. All right, talk to you guys later. Love you all. Digital waves, hugging everybody. Thank you. Everybody. All right. Love you guys. Uh, I'll